Hi, I'm Laura. Hey, I'm Stefan, and you're listening to Attributed, a podcast library by Dream Data. The purpose of it is to store and share all the knowledge that we have gathered across Dream Data employees through our LinkedIn Lives, podcasts, and webinars. The typical topics you'll find here can be stuff like marketing, sales, B2B ads, operations, social selling, maybe. It's a pleasure to meet you, Nick. It's a pleasure to be here. I feel like we've like, I feel like we know each other, but like we've never actually talked. So I'm really excited. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's the beauty of videos as well. Like the TikToks you're running, you can see how a bit of a twisted personality you have and stuff that I'm running. It's like, where does it all come? Yes, and Stefan is right there in the comments. You were asking, is Stefan at the office? He is. And Stefan, you can just go over and say hi over here where we are at the moment. All right. So for everybody's following, I've got a question. I got inspired by Nick and Morgan from B2B Power Hour for the question to ask. And I actually want to ask exactly the same question. I'm going to ask you, Nick, and then everybody in the comments, please help me out. This is going to be a poll that is going to burn. So you ready? Ready. Is hot dog a sandwich? I'm going to say no. Why? I just, I think they're two separate things. I've had this debate with people before, like, I and I enjoy hot dogs. I actually... <laughs> It was funny because I just made my daughter some today to bring to school. And like, I, I, I was talking to her, her about, she's only four years old, but we were talking about this and like, she had no clue what I was saying, but I was just like, I asked the same question. She just looked at me like I was like a weirdo. <laughs> like, yeah. So what do you think people who are following us? Is hot dog sandwich usually get some heated discussions out there? I actually don't know. We had to Google this at the office. It's like, is hot dog a sandwich? And I think Google says yes, as far as I remember. And, and then there are people saying that, okay, because the breads are connected together and it does that like that together, then it's not a sandwich. But how about a Subway then? It's a sandwich too. It's not cut yeah. through either. So guys, I think it's, yeah, Stefan doesn't think it's a sandwich. Okay, yeah, well, all right, all right. Anyway, so now we're, <laughs> yes, Ines, we had that discussion. I loved it. Alrighty, so today I really want to talk about gifting. I had a couple of LinkedIn posts, Nick, before I invited you here. It's like, how can we use gifting in our go-to-market strategy? I have not seen it work properly. I have been sending like some small, like, I don't know, a book or a gift card to get some beers, or it's like a t-shirt or something like that. And usually it feels like either you thank for something and it's nice, then people would like, oh, nice, nice t-shirt. But how about, it's like, how can I help myself be more relatable, sell better to people and all that? I'm looking forward to this discussion. Could you kick off quickly explaining, Nick, what Alice does and why we're having this conversation about gifting? Yeah, absolutely. So we are a B2B gifting platform, uh, originally based out of Boston, Massachusetts, although we closed our office last August. So we are a remote first company now um, with people all over the US and Canada. Uh, we haven't reached that, uh, I guess, you know, international or global footprint yet. Um, but we'll see what happens from there. So we actually, it's fun. I'm actually really excited to do this because we just changed our entire messaging and narrative uh, last week around this. And so 
and I'll kind of you know tease it a little bit of what we're going to talk about. But the whole thing now, when you think of gifting and sending someone a gift, it's you know it's a nice to have. Like yeah, like yeah, I want to send you a gift. That's cool. But yeah. it's looked at as a silver bullet. However, why not make it outbound marketing focused? So like everyone, every company has to do outbound marketing. And if you don't, and you have so much inbound, I would love to meet you because. I don't, Refine Labs may be the only company, and I know still they still do outbound as well. But when you tie gifting and direct mail into your outbound marketing strategy and you use it as an amplifier versus a silver bullet, that's when you're actually going to make the impact. And so that's everything that we've just actually changed is we're calling it outbound love. How, you know, outbound is broken in B2B, and you can debate me on it if you want to, but. I think that everyone's used to getting spammed, you know, emails, calls, LinkedIn messages, the slap pitches, all that stuff. And so it's not personal. It's not relevant. It's not anything that matters. But when you actually tie it all together, it actually makes an incredible experience. The issue is people don't have that mindset. No. Yep. And outbound is broken. Like, tell me about that. We all are spammed with messages and it, it feels like, but I, I always feel that there is kind of a balance. A lot of people are talking, it's broken, it's broken, please be more personal and so on. But then it feels so heavy. You're thinking, oh, do I now have to invest so much time to just reach that person of 30 persons company to sell a deal of, I don't know, 5,000K a, a year. <laughs> and, and maybe their outbound in a regular stage is not broken. But when we were talking about the deals where you include gifting, what are the sizes of the companies do you usually work with? Yeah, so I would say, you know, kind of, it's interesting because most companies are in that 300 employee range to, I would say, 2,000 employees. Like that's kind of like that sweet spot. However, there's actually a lot of sub 300 companies that you would think that they, they're smaller teams. They may not be a great fit because, you know, it, it's not a cheap platform, you know, it starts at, you know, say $20,000 and, and goes up. But we actually have a lot of customers who even are sub 100 employees that mm -hmm. are using us. And they understand how to not just use it as a silver bullet to book meetings, but use it across the entire buyer's journey. And they're seeing a ton of success with it. And it's, it's interesting, because, you know, we focus a lot of our marketing efforts on that sweet spot. But we actually drive a ton of inbound every single month. Like the amount of inbound demos that we drive monthly, if I was to tell you the number, like you would be amazed for a company our size and for a marketing team our size, like what we can uh, deliver from like an output perspective. But I think what's interesting is revenue teams keep missing their goals. And so we actually just did research on this recently, but in 2019, 57% of revenue teams missed their goals. In 2020, 83% of revenue oh teams God. missed their goal. In 2021, 85% of revenue teams missed their goal. So there was a shorter gap between 2020 and 2021. But when you look at 2019 to 2020, that was a huge jump up. Wow. And obviously, I think the pandemic had a big part of that once we hit 2020 as well. And you know, it'll be interesting to see what 2022 looks like for sure. But it's a way to figure out how not to think of gifting or direct mail within these, you know, companies that you're working with as a single channel 
Another thing that we were researching recently um, and when we released our messaging, we found that when you're using three plus channels in your outbound focus, um, mm -hmm. you're actually 4.7 times more effective versus using a single channel. So like a lot of people will say, all right, I want to use it, you know, gifting or direct mail, or I want to do ABM. This is a question that I love because I hop on a lot of prospect and customer calls and they say, I want to use gifting for ABM. The first question I ask them is what does your ABM strategy look like? And I get a different answer every single time. And a lot of times the answer I get is, oh, we just invite target accounts to events. Single channel, that's, that's literally all it was. And a lot of times I will also get the answer of, I don't know, sales gave us a list. Uh, the company says they want to do ABM. So we just have to send emails to these people and uh, send some, some gifts. And it's like, if you're not unifying across that multi-channel approach in your outbound focus, like, you know, you're not going to have as much success. It's like, you need the events, you need the email, you need the ads, you need the LinkedIn aspect of it, the swag, oh. direct mail, all that stuff. But people always have that single channel mindset sometimes that I think it's something that we have to fix in general. Interesting. And Nick, then when talking about the full outbound approach, how have you seen the best practices of layering the approach? So what is it that usually it starts with and how does it go up till it reaches a gift? I would guess it's not the first thing that you kick it off with. And how do you blend it in? Yeah, so I, I agree. And this is something that I talk, you know, even, even within our own BDR team and, and AE team, like the gifting touch point actually isn't until probably the sixth to eighth touch point within that Ooh. journey. So we actually uh -huh. never lead with it. That's on the sales side. When you get to the event side, it's a little bit different. When you get to the customer side, it all changes. But I think what's interesting is you have to think of this in three aspects. So what's the personal piece of the gift that you're sending? And so for us at Alice, we call it five to nine. So like everyone knows what your nine to five is. You're a marketer, you're a salesperson, you're a CRO or whatever. But what is your five to nine? What are you passionate about outside of work? And for me, it's my daughter. I play baseball. I'm big into New England sports. Like when you connect on a personal level with the prospects and the customers that you're going after, that's when you start to deliver the value. The second aspect is relevant. You have to understand their nine to five, like the educational aspect of it. So if I'm a, let's just say, you know, my new role, a customer marketer. And so what's going to be important to me as a customer marketer, how can you make it relevant and personal so that it ties both of those things together, but delivers value to the pain points that I'm you know, working with every single day? So you have those two. The last piece is thoughtful. How can you thoughtfully deliver this gift? through the delivery aspect, whether it's a, a digital gift, a swag box, a experience, whatever. And so when you add those three things together, that's when you're going to see the most success. And that's everything that we focus on, you know, across not only our prospects and customers, but we started to really kind of, you know, work it internally as well. Wow. That's that's very, very interesting. And then tying all those together would become both personal where you would think, oh, wow, show me that you know me. <laughs> and then you even know how relevant that might be to overcome that. There was a question like and I always have get this question as well. But in my head, it's like, how do you not make it being like a favor or a bribe? Because, oh, they're sending me a gift. 
because they want something from me. I think this is very relevant. Yeah, and, and it's a good point too, because lots of companies will want to use gifting to book meetings with cold prospects. And if that's the only way that you're using gifting, you're going to run into issues because there's actually 17 different moments across the buyer's journey where you can use gifting. And I think what's interesting is we think of outbound as touches. And if you think of the word like touches, it's actually kind of a creepy word. Like no one wants to be touched at the end of the day, <laughs> yet it's ingrained in our minds that we, you know, it's just another touch point. It's another touch point. You know, we think of that, but when you get rid of the word touch points and you really focus on the word outbound moments and you think of it, how it goes from, you know, events, content engagement, um, mid-deal accelerators, lost ops, like wake the dead type campaigns all the way through to employee welcomes or employee celebrations or customer celebrations, things like that. That's when it becomes that amplifier versus the silver bullet that people get in that single kind of channel uh, silo. I absolutely love it. And especially moving away from touching. Yeah, you can touch people at conferences, but that's not what you're sending it for. And that's awkward as well nowadays. <laughs> but when it is an experience and like the moment that you're set, I love it. Absolutely do. And Stefan has asked a question earlier. It's like when it comes to like, show me that you know me, how do you decide what to gift? And I've heard you on one of the podcasts. I want you to talk about the platform because I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting is we actually look across all your public facing profiles, social profiles. So like LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, if you have any blog websites, things like that, anything that's a public profile, we can actually scan it with, with kind of the software and use the AI to then recommend gifts that would be personal, relevant, and thoughtful for you. However, that's just a starting point. Like you get, you can add on to that and then you can figure out how to take that to the next point. So let's just say you're doing it for a door opener. And again, like I said, you know, if you should be using it for more than just that, but based on that piece, the personal aspect is you're using, let's just say Alice plus Vidyard. We use Vidyard internally. We embed it into the platform. Video is a huge way to stand out when you're sending something like this. So if I was to going to send you, let's say a, like a runner's box. And so it's going to give you two weeks of fuel, plant-based snacks or something like that. It's something to get you excited because you enjoy running. I don't know who would enjoy running. I hate it, but show me that you know me, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of people who do. And so you have that personal aspect when the relevant piece comes in, we, you know, you can use an intent platform. And so you're using intent data to send it at the right time. So not only is it personal, it's also relevant because you, you're using that intent to send it at the right time. And then the thoughtful piece is, again, you could deliver it via Alice. So it's like you're providing the power of choice because every single gift that we send out, you have the ability to exchange it for something that you want, say, you you know, I'm done running. I hate it. Um, I'm going to actually exchange this for something that I want. You have access to almost 9,000 items that you could swap it out for. Or the piece that I love personally is donating it to a charity of your choice. So we work with a bunch of charities. If you decide, hey, I don't want this $50 gift, I would rather take that money and donate it to a charity that's important to me. You have the ability to do it. And so the power of choice is really what stands out to people to get them to feel like, wow, like 
I feel like I'm making an impact at the end of the day. And I was the one that was given a gift. So I think that's a key couple key pieces there. Very nice. I really, really like it. And now slowly I start to understand why the gifts that I've been sending, I'm not able to connect some of the pieces, but it might've been relevant for like nine to five, no, five to nine, <laughs> but, but it had a lot of pieces that were not connected together. It's like thoughtfulness, even the timing. I really love the part about like intent data. Have they been looking at our platform? Have they been looking at our, looking at, buying us or anything like that and then we can start involving it i think it's really really cool stefan had another question stefan keep them coming i really like them so this one was good how do you know the roi like it's mm. expensive come on alice <laughs> like, <laughs> i cannot afford this it, it is yeah but you know what's the beauty of it is one we integrate into basically every crm that's out there well i shouldn't say everyone salesforce HubSpot, and I believe those are the two big ones, but then we also integrate into your marketing automation platform. We integrate into other pieces of your MarTech stack. So it tells a bigger story of what that ROI looks like. So let's just say, for example, on that door opener kind of uh, example that I gave you, the typical pipeline to spend ratio is actually 50 to one. If you think about the conversion rates that are typically out there on, let's just say, cold outreach that you're sending to someone, it's less than, than 1%, I believe what it is. We have some customers that are delivering, you know, 15 to 20% conversions on that initial door opener campaign that they're running. I mean, they're influencing millions and millions of millions of dollars. If you nice. think about spending, say, $20,000 on a platform, you spend money on the gifts beyond that, but there's no markup. It's whatever you want to say, like, this is what I want to spend. If you want to focus on building, you know, another good example, I built these mid-dale accelerators, so internally. And so it's a swag box. And within the swag box, it's a uh, plant. And then when the plant, sorry, it's a candle. When the candle burns down, it actually turns into an herb garden. And so the whole idea is to grow with me. Nice. And so then there's a really nice blanket in there. There's a really nice written letter. It's a well-designed box that has a QR code that then takes you to a web page that I've built. And so I ordered 60 of these. And I said, all right, great. For anyone that is looking at true direct mail, because in my mind, gifting is digital. Direct mail is physical. I don't know if that's actually the case, but in my mind, it just makes sense. So that's the way that I kind of like talk about it. And so the goal was if I could convert 20 out of those 60 boxes into close one revenue, that's a pretty good conversion rate. I've seen so far 37 out of 60 close in a 90 day trailing window. Nice. Just because you're working with the champion, you're going that extra mile to make them feel like, wow, like, you know, I, I do feel special. Like, thank you for doing this. Like, the CEO sent me a letter, like the whole thing was really well done. The page that I was taken to tells a really interesting story. It's a mixture of video, you know, social proof, all that stuff. And so it makes a big, big difference. The other piece is, let's just say you integrate into Salesforce, which is no added cost because we're on the Salesforce app exchange. You're able to actually see all the impact at you know, the account level, the contact level. You can send the gifts directly from Salesforce without having to go into Alice itself. Wow! In, Al in the Alice platform, it actually shows you the ROI based on the campaigns that you're sending as well. And you can pull all of that information, go back to your executive team or your boss and say like, look, 
here's the impact that I'm making. Here's the pipeline that I'm driving. When you start to tie all those things together, it tells a more interesting story. And people are like, wow, like that $20,000 spend or, you know, even $50,000 spend was nothing. Wow. And I love the aspect of the digital touch of the gift, because that's what sometimes you're not able to calculate the ROI because you don't see that in the full customer journey. If you're selling to, I don't know, five persons in an account and you've sent gifts to two of the persons, then you really want to know and have it as a digital touch. So you're able to find out, okay, are those campaigns that I'm running with gifting are actually working? That's, that, that's a really, really cool point. For the listeners out there, pop any questions that you like. I will be picking them up. And yeah, Howard is saying that swag works. We've had prospects join calls, shipping coffee from <laughs> the mugs we've sent. That's sipping, not shipping. That's nice. That's very lovely. That would be fantastic to do. Nick, while we're waiting for some questions to kick in, can you, you already shared one of the very nice stories of gifting about the candle that grows, grow with me, love it absolutely. Can you share another success story that you have seen working well for yourselves or for your customers? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the other ones is when you're using it to celebrate customers, and this goes, this could open another whole can of worms, but I don't think enough marketers, not that they don't care, but maybe not enough marketing teams are focused on retention, especially in like the down market that we're entering now and things are going to get worse as we go through 2022. It's going to cost a lot less to retain customers than it is to go out and acquire new customers. Yeah. And so luckily with my new role focused on like the evangelist piece and like really advocating for our customers, I think celebrating your customers across, you know, success milestones or engagement that they've done is another huge thing that a lot of people don't think about in using gifting specifically for that. Like we, we ran something recently with one of our customers and it was a, um, it was for their like sales kickoff. And so we sent a big Yeti cooler and a couple other things. It was all branded in their, their name and stuff. And so we actually saw a ton of replies on social media where we were getting tagged left and right. People were taking pictures of this. They were saying like one of the, one of the quotes, cause I remember it was a VP of customer success at this company. And they were like, wow, talk about next level gifting. Thank you for the thoughtful thoughtful piece. Oh. It's super nice and top tier gift. Who doesn't like opening these bo opening boxes these days? And so we, you know, made an impact in them. And actually it helped with like, the renewal aspect. That's the thing. When you're celebrating your customers, you're getting them excited. You're showing love, the outbound love to them and how they can actually use it. It makes that renewal so much easier, helps prevent churn. And I think that there should be more focus there, if anything, right now over over I, new logo. I mean, you have to you have to obviously keep the new logo acquisition going, but I think there should be more effort on the retention side. I absolutely agree. And imagine that is kind of a very low cost thing as well to do because you know those people, so it's very thoughtful, and at the same time will keep them longer thinking both about you and will have a second thought of like, are we actually discontinuing this? contract or are we being loved and we are helped all throughout the way i absolutely love this 
Yeah. One other thing I was going to mention as well is like, so I join, I would say anywhere from seven to 10 uh, sales and customer calls a week right now. And so the big aspect of me is I am the ICP of a product like this. I have been using gifting platforms for the last six years. I was actually an Alice customer before I came here. I have used other gifting platforms before. Like I am the person that like you would want to sell to. And so when I can join these prospecting customer calls and speak marketer to marketer of, hey, let's brainstorm this together. Let's talk about what this will look like in your environment. Let's talk about campaigns, ideas, things that I've run in my past that could be also helpful to you. Like that goes above and beyond in not even just like the gifting aspect, but just being a nice human at the end of the day as well. And it's so strong as well to show that, okay, I am the person who's going to be here to help. I'm not customer success, but I'm here to draft the ideas together with you. This is, this is very powerful. Also the, the help for the, your prospects. Nick, you mentioned that most of your clients are in the U S and you're based in the U S do you work with other regions as well, or is it mostly American so far? So it's mostly the U.S. and Canada. However, we do gift internationally as well. And so we've actually partnered with a few companies to help us with like that scale internationally and globally. Like we have EMEA, like the UK area, like that whole kind of region covered now. We'll have APAC um, coming up soon as well. So we are going to be able to gift uh, globally. But for the majority of all of our growth that we've had so far, it's always been like U.S. and um, Canada-based. And then we've had more and more people start to ask about like, hey, you know, what if I want to send someone, a, you know, a gift in the U.K.? Like, what mm-hmm. can I do? And so we started to kind of talk to customers and say like, all right, this is an important thing to them. And it was easy to kind of roll out, just partner with the right people. We realized that like, hey, we don't need to warehouse stuff or like be a logistics company. We're a SaaS platform. We understand that aspect of it. We understand the like the front end and like how to integrate. But mm-hmm. why don't we partner with the people who are logistics companies who have been doing this for years and years and years and know this like the back of their hand and just deliver have them deliver these things and so now we just integrate seamlessly so if you say like hey i want to send some swag boxes or a gift to someone in london right now like boom like it's easy to do it through the platform set it up test that campaign see what the roi is we have people that are gifting um i actually just i spoke at an event it was the air meet event and uh we were sending out gifts after and like i was sending gifts to 10 different countries it was like india brazil spain Argentina and a couple other uh, areas as well. And like, you know, a year ago, we wouldn't have been able to do that. But like, we realized international is so important to people and like reaching those prospects and customers in those regions that we double down on having it be a big piece of what we do. Really cool. And do you see that there is any difference in how the gifts are perceived in the various regions when you're sending them out? Yeah, it's, we've actually started to put together some like internal stuff where it's like, you know, these gifts work really well in some regions, but like, do not send these types of gifts to this region because they will think that you're bribing them or things like that. And so like, we've had to do a lot of research internally and just talking to customers and stuff of like, hey, like, we don't want to come across as like a a bribe or anything like that. Like we want to come across as something that's going to actually like help you that you're going to want. And so 
we've done a lot. We've, we've invested a lot into like the whole research component and like the data science component and how that all plays together that I think we've got it pretty figured out now, but we are still learning as well. So, yeah, on top of your mind, if you were to compare Americas and not Americas, the US and Europe, the way the gifts are perceived, do you have any ideas on top of your mind how that is different? It's, you know, it's in the, in the U S people just really enjoy anything. Like it, you could literally send like anything that like, even if you send a gift card to people, which I mean, anyone can send a gift card to someone like uh. people in the U S like they love gift cards, send like gift cards to people. But you know, in like the UK, it's like sometimes what you send, like it could be perceived wrong. Like not mm. only as a bride, but like if you send a gift card to a certain place or something like that, they could be like, well, like this isn't something that's important to me or like, why would you think I would like it here? Um, mm. And they, they're not shy in telling you that like, this isn't good. Whereas the uh -huh. US, they try to be more friendly about it, but some of them actually don't care either. They'll tell you how it is. But I think that's one thing that I've noticed is like, at least in the UK, it's like, they're not afraid to tell you off and like tell you like it is. Wow. Yep. I could imagine that. So <laughs> I have to work on my gifting like yeah. capabilities of how to use that in marketing and sales. If anybody still have any questions, we are about to wrap up, but feel free to pop any questions. I really enjoy this. And especially the aspect of layering your outbound, because that's where I think that gifting is so, so powerful. And I definitely need to try it out much more. Some companies in the UK have a policy of accepting gifts. Yes. In Denmark, for example, especially for the public sector, if you send a gift and then that person has to share a gift with the whole office, meaning that, well, you'd rather send candy because then they can share it. But, but if you are sending, I don't know, a golf club, that's difficult to share. So <laughs> you better get it to charity instead. Exactly. Yeah, no, that is something that we we've noticed a lot as well. Whereas like in the US, it's more of like the like, you know, the public sector is still something where we have like a lot of customers that like try to sell into the sled space. And so like, they're like, well, I can't, you know, or it's a, like a government and they're like, I can't, you know, they can't get gifts over $10 or something like that. It's it's, it's a couple of crazy amounts. And so donations actually come in pretty handy there as yeah. well. But we also, you know, sometimes it may not make sense if that's the majority of your business, like you might have to think of another approach or channel that will hopefully be more effective. Fantastic. Nick, before we wrap up, anything we missed out on talking about that you really, really want to bring it up? No, I mean, I don't, I guess the only other thing that I could think of that I don't think we touched on as much, but I think is really interesting is, um, events, in-person events, especially now that they're coming back in trade shows. And I, yeah, I mean, you know, my view on trade shows and the ROI from those specifically. Yep. However, as a field marketer or traditional field marketer and ABM marketer for the last 10 years now at tech companies across, you know, the US and actually probably just US, we, you know, I've had to go to these events. I've done hundreds, if not thousands of trade shows and conferences. And so you're always lugging these, you know, swag items and things that, you know, probably is lame, but like, you're still doing it because that's, what's there: pens, socks, all those little things. Um, however, we've developed a swag card and we've been doing this at, at the in-person events that we're doing where you only have to bring demo items. So you bring like, we were at the Sixth Sense conference in December 
And um, we brought about 15 different items and it was in Austin, Texas. So we made an Austin themed marketplace. So it was a little bit of six cents themed uh, like Yetis, you know, branded items. But then there was some Austin specific hot sauces. There was a turntable amplifier, things like that. And so you give someone this card, which takes them to a URL within that URL, they enter a code that's on the card and they can go through and pick which item that they want and specifically send it back to their house. So you don't have to get back on the plane, lugging all these items of all these booths that you went to. It's more personal, more relevant, more thoughtful at the end of the day too. And you control the budget that much more so that you can make it more of an experience versus more of like, you know, just, you know, the people coming by that are going to grab all the stuff off the table anyways. Oh, I love this. And also it keeps the experience going when they're back from the event. It comes out later than it's reminded of how the event has been. It's like more personal. And then you can do all of the outbound follow-ups. I would like to follow up on those prospects. Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All righty, Nick. Thank you so much for the chat today. It was a blast. I loved it. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be here. We hope you like listening to us. Subscribe to our podcast and the ones that we have been guests on. And if you have any feedback for us, uh, just do let us know. And should there be a guest that you think we should be talking to, then like pitch us. We're looking forward to seeing you.